punk rocker and world-class tattoo artist thank you thank you very much Seamus Seamus sorry <laughs> all right now this is this is weird because all right first of all Ian's like my brother I know Ian for since 2004 we can get into that too I might have mentioned you on my life and times episodes episode 49 and 51 I think I did mention you because I discussed daytop right so, figured you have a crazy story. Some things, a lot of things I do know. Some things that while we were in the truck earlier today that you were saying that I did not know. But I find them very amusing and some of them very serious. And some of them were kind of crazy. But they're entertaining nonetheless. <laughs> this it's is funny because it wasn't entertaining at the time. At the time, <laughs> of course not. Of course not. All right. Ian Schaefer. Like my best friend, for the most part. <laughs> like my brother. What's up, my man? What's up, my man? So where do we start with you? Start where do we start? The... I mean, there's a lot. I mean, this is the only person that, off the top of my head, that I know that always and still does to this day that calls me James. Nobody calls me James. Well, that's your name. Uh, yeah, but no one ever calls me that. And you like to throw in because you're like a half an Irishman. You like to call me Seamus, which is just ridiculous in and of itself. Well, Seamus is uh, Gaelic for uh I know that, James. but it's just free I it's I didn't make up the Gaelic language. I know you didn't, but it's just like no one ever calls me that. No. Except for you. But for some reason, you get a pass. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> what, what were we talking about in the car that amused you that thought was so funny? All right, you, I don't know what brought it up. What brought it up? It was, you were in the hole in Solid Head State Prison, and you were doing tattoos on yourself. <laughs> oh, have, oh, We, we don't oh, have to get oh. into all that, but... Oh, you were asking me where I had gotten those tattoos and, you know, that I, if I let another dude touch, you know, tattoo <laughs> that on me and I was expressing to you now that, no, I had done it myself and you said, well, when and where? And I was and telling you. And next thing you know, we're on a, a conversation about being in the hole and somebody who had a TV and. Well, no, no, no. The, the story was, was that. Uh, Wait, can we back up and talk about the things that led up? To you going there and like year time frame stuff like that to paint a picture for the people that are listening. 
I can't. Uh, well, they, no, I know that the, this. Ac- the time frame is off. Like, I have a hard time remembering my doctor's appointment, you know, what day of the week it is. That's why I write everything down. So I'm just going to. I could remember the events as they happen, not exactly what year things might have been. <laughs> right. Well, so, you're originally from Jersey. I'm originally from Long Island. Okay. And then so, just like give us a look. I mean, obviously, time frames and all that is really doesn't make. All right. Difference. So the, the, basically, what happened was I'm originally from Long Island. I grew up there in a town called East Meadow. My parents were divorced, and I was very young. But I grew up in a in a in a beautiful neighborhood, like literally playing, you know, kickball in the street. The sun would go down. I'd still be playing out there. You know, things were different then. So it's like your sure. parents didn't have to worry about what they have to worry about now. You know, my mother would be like, "Come, to, come back. You know, come home when when it's dark." Yeah, like when the, when the, when the when the street light goes on, right. you go in. Literally. Yeah, me too. My, I remember my mother leaning out the window, screaming my name, and like one kid down the block would hear it, and then he would scream my name, and then the other kid would hear it, and it would get back to me, and I'd be three blocks away. Yeah, so the same thing for me, just, you know, on the suburb from Long Island, but as you found out today from talking to my mom, you know, she's from the same block as you in Brooklyn, so. Right. Um, She's a sweetheart, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. She is. I know her for a long time. All right, you got some shit on your nose there. Oh, my God. You said that earlier to me, too, when I thanked her for buying my daughter. Okay, so I I grew up there, and then um, I moved to New Jersey, I think, to live with my dad when I was about 14, I think. And then uh, the same issues that I had started to have here, you know, I had there. Behavior problems, blah, blah, blah. At that same time, I was, you know, into going to shows in the city. You know, this was like mid-80s. Old school punk rock, punk rock, and beginning of hardcore stuff. Yeah, so uh, you know the Lower East Side was alive with you know Bad Brains. Uh, even the Crumb Suckers would play all the time. The Crow Mag is, of course, my favorite band of all time. Yeah, uh, you know I, I could go on and on the list. And they had Jersey hardcore. It was a little bit of California, but n- not much. You know, right. was, everything was coming out of New York or Boston at the time. Yeah, which I wasn't really into the. Boston stuff. A couple so of bands here and there. Like I like. I was a fan of like, SSD Control. Was cool. And, but yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been to a, quite a few shows uh, on the Lower East Side, all over New York and New Jersey. So I was pretty lucky to get this experience. Some some pretty amazing things like going on in the city. You were in the actual somewhere in the in the maniacal crowd but you were in the video for Chrome Eggs We Gotta Know video I, th- I think that was the video yeah well that's the only video they I made I was in one of the videos that um, it's the only one that the Chrome Eggs made well then that's it yeah yeah I remember you telling me that like 15 years ago there's another video I can't remember the guy's name shit Clay Clayton I think he is, he, if I remember correctly, I'm just guessing here, so I don't want this all to be fact, because, you know. No, we, we got it. Uh, I think he was the photographer that captured the beatings in Thompson Square Park when that thing wasn't, like, a big deal, like, wasn't right. all over the place and people weren't aware and there weren't cell phones, so that right. was, like, huge. Oh, yeah. Um... You talk about the the ride, the Tompkins Square Park ride. Yeah, when the cops got captured on film, like hitting and attacking the people, the, the, the homeless, homeless and yeah. the squatters and everything. But I think he was the guy that videotaped it. That was his claim to fame. But he used to uh, film all the shows, uh-huh. 
And there was a couple when I had seen him at a tattoo convention in the city, he was like giving me a list of some of the stuff that he had. And it was like unbelievable that he had like an archive of all that kind of old shit. Yeah, all of it, like uh, Circle Jerks. He was talking to me about a show I had seen at a club, uh, 1018. It was, let me see, it was Leeway. Okay. Living Color. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Sure. They've, yeah. Uh, The Circle Jerks. And bad brains. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so I think that I could probably say that was probably the best show that I've ever been to. It sounds like it could be a good one. I mean, bad brains at that that time, top of their game, leeway, top of their game. I just remember see all other bands being there. Like one of the guys from Token Entry was there in the crowd. It was like other bands were there. It was the energy was incredible. Sure, back then it was a very it was it was kind of big, but it was in it was a small knit group. That a lot of people would, you know, it was, it was good. It was a great. It was great. But he had had that on film because he was, he was asking me. He was telling this other tattoo artist, uh, you know, they were debating about what the one of the greatest shows in New York City was, and he looked over at me and he goes, "You remember what the greatest New York City hardcore show was?" And I just straight out of the side of my neck said that show, and he goes, "You damn right that was." Oh shit! So it was just one of those things. So uh-huh. anyway, yeah. I, so then I. Uh, at some point, I um, got involved, you know, with gangs, went from, like, punk rock stuff to, like, skinhead stuff. That escalated. Ended up to uh, move out west to California. Where at? A San Diego. Okay. This is, like, late 80s. Yeah. Had to have been, like, think late so. 80s. Yeah. Somewhere in that area. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, that didn't go, you know. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to name names and stuff like that. You could touch on, you know, some stuff. And you... Let's just say that, you know, <laughs> I I might have made some poor life decisions at that moment, you know. Yeah. But luckily, those poor life decisions, you know, didn't carry a 25 to life, you know, because I, at the time I was lucky. My my dad flew out, helped me get an attorney. You know, there's one thing I have to say. I, I've, I've always had very supporting, loving parents, no matter what a piece of shit I was. And trust me, there's been some moments in my life when I when I was a total piece of shit. Yeah. You know, that they still came to my aid and still, you know, loved me even when I didn't deserve it. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're this, that kid and that's, that's, I mean, it's a rare thing. It's rare, I mean, because some parents, you know, have a breaking point and throw the towel in. But, no, never, not mine. But that, that, it's a rare thing. That's it's a beautiful thing. And, and I, trust me when I tell you, I pushed it. Oh, I'm sure you did. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, no, I know. I know. I'm sure you did. Yeah. You remember that like tsunami we just saw in that Godzilla movie? Yeah. I pushed it worse than that. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So anyway, I got into trouble, and uh, yeah, that's when I had got sent to that <laughs> to that, that vacation spot at Soledad and uh, Soledad. Wait, is that a is that a Max? It's a yeah. It's one of the older prisons in uh, Central Mid North California. San Diego it, area. It's, it's, no? it's, it's in the middle of the state of California, but it's in between Monterey and Santa Cruz. Like, okay. You know what I mean? But east. Okay. But, um. Solid Dead State Prison. Fun. Yeah. So that when I got there, that I was. The gang unit decided that they wanted to hold me because I was being implicated in something that happened in prison in San Diego. So they just kept me there to, for whatever reason. How, what was your sentence? What'd they give you? The prison time was, I ended up only doing um, 14 months or 15 months or something like that. So you did, I did less than half of my bid. Okay. Way less. Yeah. 
And they, which was, I was lucky because the prisons were so overcrowded that they were just cutting people loose. And like, you just so happened to fucking get yeah, fall into that category, yeah. All right, so you got lucky there. Yeah, a lot of guys got lucky. I watched a lot of guys walk out before their time was up. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. They so they sent me to the hole, and I'm like sitting there, and I'm like, fuck this, man, the hole, and. You know, all the other inmates that I spent last week with driving up on the bus because, you know, a 14-hour drive takes a week, you know, when, yeah. this, when the state is driving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we that, get bu- that bus must have fucking stunk. Dude, uh, you don't even want... Uh, it's just, it's just, fucking like, just balls and ass, a bunch of animals. Yeah. <laughs> so we finally get up there and everybody gets into their hole and, uh, you know, and it's not even a hole, it's just a cell that you just, you never leave, but these are old cells because all that is old. So like everything is concrete. There's actual bars, you know, it's cold. And uh, I get in there and my, my celly at the time who his name was Fingers because he had none. Uh, <laughs> That's a fucking. Great. But of course he called himself Shotgun. But I, I insisted on calling him Fingers. <laughs> but he literally had like two thumbs and like one or two index fingers and, uh, and like the ticket. Yeah, it's like you what know, do you do like blow his fingers off or something? I don't fucking know. But he's trying to tell me his name is Shotgun, but it's clearly not Shotgun. It's fucking fingers. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking cool. Shotgun, you fucking jackass. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Fingers is your little celly in the hole. Fingers is the guy that I'm living with, but there was a, a law in this, uh, a federal law or something that, that stated that they, it was considered cruelty to human beings to li- isolate somebody and give them an, you know, a certain amount of time in the hole without providing them with something like a radio or a TV. They had to provide them with something if they were doing their whole sentence there. Okay, some form of some form of that can't right. So, not like is a book good enough? Or no, it has to be like a radio. I don't know. This, I'm just going by what this fingers, you know, <laughs> was told, told me. <laughs> right. But um, you know, to give you an idea of when he might have gotten this TV, <laughs> you know, it was like one of those old TVs that your grandma had that had that like fake plastic that looked like marble, but it was clearly not marble, right. <laughs> and it was like fuck, <laughs> super fucking heavy. Yeah. Yeah, so he would watch baseball and uh, westerns, which are the two things that I kind of fucking hate. But you know. westerns and baseball, yeah, fingers. All right, you know. So I, when I wasn't watching that, I was reading the back of my shampoo bottle. Right. Well, how many times are you going to read that fucking thing over and over? Four again? or five hundred. Yeah, okay. you might start watching a baseball game. But it was great because you know they. Um, it was actually a pretty sweet because I would I didn't have to deal with any other inmates, so it was like, you know, you didn't have to worry about anything. They brought the food to the cell. I watched fucking TV when he watched TV, and then, you know, and then that was it. You were thrown automatically in there because of the gang affiliation? Yeah. So you wouldn't, were you ever in, gen, in general population? Yes, I was, yeah, yeah. When you first got there, and then you went to the hole? No, when I got there, I went right to the hole, then I went into general population. Okay. But it was, you know, when I got out and I went into the general population, I, I run across some of the guys that were in there with, and they were like, damn, homie, you know, you were in there some fucking time, a minute, huh? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. You know. It was rough. Yeah, it was rough, you know. I mean, I mean I'm not going to tell these fucking guys. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, a man really has to reflect on his soul when he's in there and take a deep look at himself in the mirror and find himself or else he go insane. You know, meanwhile, I'm in there fucking eating fucking chips and watching fucking the Yankee games and shit. That's awesome. You know, but they didn't need to know any of that shit. I was no, just like, oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm that good. was rough. Yeah. 
they were like, damn, youngster, you fucking did some shit. I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Fingers. <laughs> fingers. My man, Fingers. Where's Fingers now, you think? Oh, definitely dead. Yeah, he's definitely done. Definitely. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> fucking weirdo. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> So how long how long were you in the hole for? You remember about? I don't know, like a month. All right, like and then you went to general population. Yeah, and but this remember is a small percentage of my life, so I don't want to talk about it too much because as funny as it was, yeah, you know, no. it's really yeah. No, I get it. My life really started, you know, after coming home. You know, my kids to my uh, girlfriend eventually became my wife. Now she's my ex-wife, but uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see. I did a formal apprenticeship in San Diego at Anchors and Ace Tattoo in Ocean Beach, San Diego. I think it was, I think the year was, uh, I'm going to say the beginning of 1992. Okay. Maybe. All right. Yeah. Because Dustin, I think, uh, my oldest son, who's now like uh, 27. Wait, is he 27? How old is Dustin? Uh, you're asking no, me? No, he's 28. I met, I met him in 2004 I was five? just not asking you. I was just asking you to confirm my bullshit. I don't, I don't know exactly. I yeah, can't. So he's, uh, he's, yeah, so anyway, he was two. So it would have been 1992. Because Ashley was born in 92. Yeah, and she was born in Cal- California. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't even know that she was born in California. I didn't know that. You want to hear that shit? So, she, so she's... Rebecca's at the hospital giving birth. Okay. Like something out of a bad National Lampoon movie. Oh, boy. I got no way to get to the hospital from where I am. I'm at my homeboy One-Eye's house. I hear. I heard all about One-Eye. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has One-Eye. So, you know, I know, but I've don't, heard... Try not to stare at it. I'm, I'm, I heard stories about One-Eye. So he, he says... That was like your right-hand man in Cali. No, 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 no. no. He, at one point we were... Uh, you know, he was going to fucking smash my face in, and then, but, became, and then we became friends and then he became, you know, my boy and I still have contact with him. Okay. But, uh, he said, uh, I'll take you to the hospital. Come on, we'll go in my truck right now, but it, do- it doesn't go into drive. <laughs> okay. And I said, well, how are we going to get there? He goes, well, it only goes in reverse. And I'm like, come on, man. He's like, dude, it runs. You want to do it? Let's do it. We'll take side streets. Talking about someone, it was like eight miles. And you go in, in reverse? Yeah. He did it. He got me all the way there. I thought for sure we were going to get pulled over. Or crash? I wasn't even concerned about the crashing part. He's mighty clever. <laughs> okay. I mean, it was a pickup truck, so it's not like, you know, you were, it was a car. You know, he's looking right out to the, to the back. There's yeah. nothing obstructing his view. You right. know what I mean? I'm sure if it was a car, it would have been a different story, but... He, uh, when you got close to the hospital, I'm sure that there must have been like a lot of people and other cars. No, people because it was, like, it was like it was like it was like two a.m. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, it was like two a.m. All right, if it was like two in the afternoon, yeah. it might be a scene. Yeah, it was like two a.m. And then a bunch of you know, I had a bunch of my you know my boys with me, and it was great because uh, my friend Doc, who was actually he's not with us any longer, but uh, he actually comes upstairs with a twelve pack of beer and a fucking beach chair. <laughs> And we're in, like, Scripps Mercy Hospital, which is, like, a Catholic hospital. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. He's like, I'm waiting for the kid. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have to wait here, you know. Go back to the house, you know what I'm saying? He's like, no, I'm here now. I might as well be here. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And he motherfucker sat out there and just drank beers and just waited for the kid. In the yeah. beach chair, waiting for the kid. Yeah. I think the beach chair <laughs> he just stole from someplace because he had nothing else. But Right. 
I know he didn't bring that shit with him. <laughs> nice. So he was sitting there drinking beers and Ashley was born. Yeah, he, from like 2 a.m. to like 5 in the morning, yeah. Nice. And then what'd you do? Did you go back in reverse with your newborn kid? Oh, I don't even remember how we got home, actually. All right. <laughs> That's fine. I had a car. I just didn't have it, you know, there with me. I think Rebecca had taken it. And know, it was like at the hospital. Get to, yes, yeah. it was something like that, yeah. Yeah. To get to the hospital. See, I, didn't, <laughs> I never knew that either, see? There's a lot of colorful tales that come along with you. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, since I did mention you, I'm almost I'm 99% positive I mentioned you briefly on, on a couple episodes I did about me. Do you want to talk about the R-U-G-S? The drug at all? The what? The drugs. You mean heroin? Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Because Why are you I mean, whispering? We're doing a podcast. They can I, hear you, you moron. I know, but I was like the D-R-U-G-S. I can't. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, because, listen, I did mention you, and, and I know that I mentioned you within, like, how I me- I believe where I met you, because I was talking about my rehab story. So... So what part of the story were you talking about? Were, were you talking about the part of the story where you saw me coming walking around the corner and you finally realized how small and insignificant you are? <laughs> and that Batman has finally come home to Wayne Manor and that you will always be my eternal Robin and nothing more? <laughs> yeah, that part. So, in other words, you're getting the, the trophy for second place because that's what you'll always be. Right. Second to yeah, me. Yeah, to you. Yeah, I got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember no, that I, story. I didn't tell that whole story, but I will. Oh tell it uh. once we get to daytop and i will tell it how since since the first time that we ever met you were a wise ass and you've never you've been consistent ever since i'm, I'm glad that i don't let you down yeah no it's always yeah. entertainment um <laughs> um all right so the drugs yeah what was i mean obviously i mean you probably started younger before you went out to cali no 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 but boots getting sent to prison was kind of drug related no at all? None. Really? Yeah, drugs were not allowed in my gang. I told you I was part of like a skinhead group. They, beer was it, and that was a, well, the only thing that was tolerated. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah, as a matter of fact... I had that story in my head different then. Okay. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it was one time when I met up with some other friends of mine that weren't... You know, they were it's like a uh, an old pit punk group that I yeah. used, because I was like the floater. Like, even though I belonged to, like, one gang in one block in San Diego, mm-hmm. everybody loved me. Mm-hmm. I was like a party favor. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I would float around to, like, Chicano parties, you know, this uh-huh. part. I'd be, I was all over the fucking place. Uh-huh. So uh, <laughs> I was at some party, and I tripped on some mushrooms, and the guys in my fucking gang found out about it, and fucking they threw me a wicked beating. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So that the drugs didn't start till. I think I was probably 28, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, a little later. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, know that I, either. I was straight edge when I was young. Okay. For some years. All righty. So I didn't, that drugs wasn't too much later. Okay. That I didn't know either. I had a different story. I had this whole story for some reason in my head. I think that the owner of the old tattoo shop said a story, but it was probably bullshit. And I think I ran with that in my head. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. My shit didn't start till my late twenties. Or I'm, or I'm doing two stories in my head and I'm combining the two or something. So I don't know. So, all right. So that shit started when you were like twenty eight or something. So you were already tattooing and everything. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
So then what happened with that? You became an animal. No? I always was an animal. Yeah, well, well with the drugs, you took it, you know, you were kind of an animal, no? <laughs> what do you mean in, like, flipping tricks behind the McDonald's dumpster to well, get them? Because, no, that never happened. No, I know that, but, oh. well, well, you know, you, you went all in. Oh, yeah. That's right. You can mean. speak to me freely. Don't You don't have to be embarrassed. You know my secrets. I, you know, I, I don't know your secrets. I could throw a needle in my arm in, in you know, South Jersey. Yeah. Throw it up in the air, get in my car, drive all the way, you know, to yeah. North Jersey, jump out of the car, stick my arm up in the air, yeah. and it'll land in the vein perfectly because I'm yeah. a fucking psycho. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I know. A lot of people do know this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, there's, there's no off switch for me. You know, I'm on all the time. Right. That's it. I think, I think uh, I'm the same way. I think you kind of know no, that. No, you and I are not the same. Robin. As, as far as, for, <laughs> Robin, no, as far as, like, like, it's either all or nothing. When it comes to you're just not comfortable with the role shit. of being Robin, are you? You're nah. just gonna fight me the whole time. Uh, every you're never gonna drive the Batmobile, so stop grabbing the <laughs> fucking wheel. Tooth the nail, motherfucker. Um, all right. So, all right. Well, you left off before I veered off and started spelling out the word drugs. Um, where do you want to go from there? Like you, you, you were in Solidarity. You got out of Solidarity. You did your apprenticeship. In Jersey, in no, in California, in California, my bad. And then you headed yeah. back to Jersey, or you or you stayed in Cali for. A I while. finished my apprenticeship in San Diego. I came back to Jersey. Okay. Uh, you know, there was some times when you know I wasn't working, or you know, wasn't doing this, or wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing as a man. You know, responsibilities fell on my you know wife at the time. You know, we enjoyed life as best that, you know, we knew how. I don't regret it. You know, mm-hmm. I love, I have two great children. I have a great relationship with my ex-wife and her new husband. As you should. As a, That's a normal, that's, that's a very adult thing to do. Well, you know, she never fucked me, so why would I want her to be happy? Right. She's always been a great mother. Right. You know, she's always been an out, uh... A, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An outlet of, you know, a reminder and patience and kindness. Yeah, know. I'm sure that there was a time frame where you were butting heads like crazy. Yeah, but like... But then you get over that shit and you become like what did, an adult. What, what did he always used to say? Who? You never find yourself in a position that you didn't put yourself in. Absolutely. It's fucking valid right there. So... You're right. Break that shit down. Oh, I've, I've broken it down. Absolutely. It's the truth. So yeah, so she, um, yeah, so I did finish my apprenticeship. You know, the only thing with the uh, drugs, with the tattooing, though, at the time, you know, that's when tattooing, the scene of tattooing was a little bit different. You know, tattoo shops were different. You know, you not only had to, you know, tattoo, but you had to go outside and throw throw down too. Sometimes, yeah, they weren't like they are now. Right. It's well, totally. There was a, it's totally different. There was only a handful of people that were kind of quote unquote like allowed to have tattoos, pretty much. No. Yeah, it wasn't an accepted thing like it is now. Like right. I knew tattoo artists that you know always had a small pistol with them. You know, people would get robbed, bad shit would happen. You know, yeah. the clientele of the tattooist. You know, wasn't so desirable. Right. Yeah. 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 But, um... Not like today, where you have, like, fucking no, 18-year-old just... girls getting their face tattooed. Yeah, no, that did not exist. Right, yeah, no. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, then I got, um... I had a friend that introduced me to, you know, drugs, and that shit escalated quickly. I spent a couple of years trying to get clean, doing, like, a methadone thing, which was actually even worse... 
And I think it was the end of my 34th year that, um, yeah, that I decided to, I asked my drug dealer, uh, you know, what the hardest, you know, rehab was. And he says, well, I don't know about any rehab, but there's a TC. And I didn't know what that was either. And he explained it to me a little bit because he had been there and it was called Daytop. And I said, well, where is that? And he said, well, there's an outreach program, uh, center in, in Queens. And I said, okay. He goes, but nobody wants to go to Daytop. All right. Like, you want to go to Daytop when you're in, you know, Rikers Island. You don't go there like if you're out on the street. You do there to get out. You go there to get out of jail. Right. I go, that's not, I want to be there. Right. And I had my mom take me there. And they were like, we don't have any beds open. And I said, I'm not leaving. Literally. So you're fast-forwarding. You're fast-forwarding to 2004 now. Yeah, I think that was about 2004. Right, I have a question. Is there a story... Now, I could be wrong because I'm going off the possibly possibility of a, of a story that might have been bullshit. I don't know if you want to touch on it when I bring it up or not. Is there a story where you was, that something went down and you had to, like, get out of town or something like that and... You had to get into someone's car, but the only thing that you took was, like, a Darth Vader lightsaber and not, like, clothes and shit to get out of town? First of all, it was Luke's lightsaber. It wasn't Darth Vader's. <laughs> okay. What's so, that story? I... Because I found it amusing. I was driving home with no license and no... Ins- Are you in Jersey? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was driving home uh, from work with, like, uh, you know, enough heroin to get me in trouble for a long time and, like, a gallon of vodka. And even though I wasn't, you know, under fucked up, the bottle was open because I had been drinking it earlier at work. But I was way under my tolerance tolerance limit. Like, I needed to get high and drunk. Like, I was, like, beyond sober. Right. So I was, like, racing to get home. Okay. And somebody made a left turn in front of me, and I wasn't able to stop, so I slammed into them, but slammed into them like the car was wrecked. Okay. Like, not even... you. I, it was it. It was done. Everything turned off. It was engine you, dropped onto the floor. You fucking totaled it. Totaled it. <laughs> okay. So me, being a total fucking psycho drug addict like I am, I get out of the car, and I tell the guy, and I'm like, listen, dude, don't call the cops. Like, I can give you 800 cash right now. We can just fix this. He's like, 800 cash? Yeah, 800 cash. I don't know. I was out of my mind. You yeah, know? of course. So the guy's like, no, fuck that. I'm calling the cops. And I'm like, please don't. And he goes, I'm calling. I'm like, oh, God damn it. And I just blasted him right in the face. Okay. <laughs> so he goes down. Now I'm looking at the, at the wrecked car. And I'm like, well, if I can grab my bag and get over to my apartment, I could probably get high before the cops get here. <laughs> okay. So when I so I run like behind a bunch of buildings, and of course I have these Kip and my this kid Joel who was staying with me at the time, both from California with me. Now they'll sign on to anything I was doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they got my back with anything. Right. They're not two little pussies either. Right. So we're running around, and I finally get over to my apartment, and I get inside, and fucking tons of cops there and all kinds of shit. And I'm like, they don't know which direction I went in. Right. They don't know that uh, where I am. Yeah. They think I fled the scene. I'm watching because I'm watching it all from my from my living room. Oh shit. Okay. So I called my boss at the time to come pick me up and get me the fuck out of here, just in case they figured it out. Yeah. So when I looked around my shithole fucking apartment at the time, the only thing of value that I could actually see myself taking was my drugs and my fucking lightsaber. 
Case closed. <laughs> and he pulled up. You got high. You put, he pulled. Well, he up. didn't know where we were, so I turned the lightsaber on so he could see where we were because <laughs> we were running at him from a direction that he couldn't see, and I needed him to stop. You know what I mean? So you put, so you fucking put your lightsaber. Yeah, kind of like how like a guy on at an airport uses those like little flashlight. <laughs> like an air things. traffic controller. Yeah, but longer. But longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I heard that story. The person that you did, your old boss, I believe, told me that story years ago when I would go to the shop. Oh, man, that cost me a couple of grand. I'm, I'm sure it did. <laughs> Jesus. You and you got, you, but you got out of town for a little while or no? Oh, no, I went back tomorrow. The next day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Of course. I just needed to be out of that area until they towed the cars away. Yeah. I actually ended up having to go to uh, court for that. And... Um, <laughs> Ended up having to hire an attorney, and I went to court a couple of times, but it got settled. But I ended up having to pay a tremendous amount of fines when I eventually got my license, which you know was up in the area of like ten grand. Okay, for with fines from all the different towns because I had multiple fines in different states. Uh huh. Yeah, you were just running rampant. Yeah, so wide open. So like after I dropped you know thirty eight hundred in New Jersey's court system. To clear my license, then I'm like, all right, I'm off to Long Island. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. Go ahead, talk about it. Talk about it. I, th- I wrecked three cars out of Long Island. Of course you did. Flipped one off the Major Deegan. <laughs> we were just uh, on the. We were, we were near the Major Deegan. Uh, yeah, tonight. yeah. Uh-huh. That's that was that was not a good day for me. That day. you flipped it off. It was off of it. Like what happened? I flipped the car with the needle still in my arm. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Yeah, OD'd at the wheel, so. Oh, all right. But, uh, yeah. But then I, I at the time I lived in Long Island, I had a custom Volkswagen that I spent a year rebuilding and custom painting and everything, and I lost control of it in a rage and, uh, and yeah, crashed it into my neighbor's car. Poor fucking guy. Oh, my God. In a rage. Who are you mad at? Uh, does it matter? <laughs> no, just just wondering. Uh, I could have been mad at a telephone pole for all I know at that time <laughs> yeah, in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My anger was definitely misdirected. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been known to misdirect my anger a couple of times here and there, I'm but not very... really no more. When I was all fucked up, yeah, but not you know not sober. I try to I try to keep calm, cool, and collected. If I think I'm doing all right, I'm lucky to uh, you know made it out as as well as I as I did, and I'm very very lucky and grateful. Yeah. Yeah, my family no, I know that. has always stuck by me. Um, I have beautiful children. Um, you know, everybody in my life is beautiful. I absolutely have nothing to complain about. Right. I really don't. I, I live in a country where, you know, I could do tattoos for a living and make a decent living. Never a day goes by that, you know, this I, I don't have something that, you know, I want or need. I can get it. And, yeah. You know, I live a very good life. Yeah. No, I know that. So, all right. So now, because now, I wanted to know that story, because there was the lightsaber story, and I didn't know exactly how it went down, but I know that there was a lightsaber and something You can happened. picture me, like, jumping through bushes and can, shit with that lightsaber, yes, right? Yes, but, like, but for uh, years since I know that story, I pictured it to be a red lightsaber, because I thought no, it was No, it was Vader. blue. You want to know why? You know where I got it? Where? I got it at, like, one of the first chiller conventions. Okay. When we went there, me and this guy, Johnny Thief, a tattoo artist that I work with, went to the Chiller Convention, and um, 
We were there actually partying with what's his fi- uh, that guy, the actor from Dawn of the Dead. You remember he was in Dust Till Dawn and he said, say hello to my little friend and his belt buckle is bald. Tom Savini? Yeah, Tom Savini. Really, I met him. Yeah. He rules. Yeah, we were partying with Tom Savini and um, there was like, I guess there was like Star Wars nerds there and uh, they were like doing this like choreography out in the parking lot okay. fighting with lightsabers and I like, there was no such thing as toys back then. Right. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Dude, Star Wars. Dude, let me see that thing now. (laughs) So the kid sold it to me for like 250 bucks. It didn't like make any sound or anything, but it would light up and Mm -hmm. it was a legitimate thing. And you could actually like, it was like thick PVC pipe. So I, there was many like nights that I got drunk and beat the shit out of Joel and Kip with it. (laughs) It was was definitely a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Joel like picked up an umbrella. I snapped that shit in half, (laughs) grabbed the baseball. I mean, it was like thick pipe, PVC pipe. It was strong. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's where that thing came from. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I had that whole... I could definitely picture you doing that, but but in my mind's eye, it was always a red lightsaber, because I know you're, you know, you're Sith Lord. Don't make fun. Robin. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, so now, fast forward, now you go into, and you're waiting. They say at daytop that they don't have a bed. And Correct. You're, and you're like, fuck you, I ain't going nowhere until I get in. Well, I didn't say fuck you. Yeah, yeah, around the bat way. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, that's pretty much how I said it. All right, I know. I'm not leaving. I told my mom to leave. Okay. I think I'm going to go back. Uh-huh. I knew I wouldn't come back. No. No. No, you're in there. You're going to go back home, yeah. and then, yeah, you, who knows if you ever would have made it back there. Yeah. So what happened? So uh, they took me an entry, and they uh, classified me, and of course, because of the way the universe works... Um, everything happens for a reason, right? Everything has a purpose and a reason. And, you know, they, they do the classification and they're calling out the names and they're like, okay, Schaefer, okay, you're going to Springwood. And all of a sudden, every, you hear a, oh, the whole room is like, Ugh. so wait, you, so wait, you, did you go to Far Rockaway? Yeah. Okay. All right. And, and did the 30 days there. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. All right. Exactly. You know that it's exactly thirty days. I don't. I didn't do thirty days down there. Oh, okay. Well, I did like two. I did like two weeks down there. I'm pretty sure it's thir- I was there thirty days. It was a long time. Yeah, I, I walked in. I mean, me and you were the the small handful of people that were there completely voluntarily. There was seven of us out of 182 people. See, there you go. That was the number of people in the house when I arrived. I don't remember how, but I know that the dead of winter, it gets up to like 220. Yes. But when I arrived, which was at the end of August, mm-hmm. it was like the first week of September. So you got there in August, you motherfucker. See, your little story, you, you waited there and you were like, fuck you, I ain't leaving. I made an appointment with that fucking place and I was drinking beers and smoking pot with a bag of dirty laundry, took the train at like seven o'clock in the morning. Got off the train in Far Rockaway, went up to the building. I literally took a piss right outside, like on the building. I walked in, I dropped my bags. There was a girl sitting there. I was like, I'm here. She looked at me like, uh, who are you? I figured like, hey, it's like the grand entrance and I'm here now. But they took me and then I was there for like two to three weeks. And then I went to Springwood because at the time... The, the the director at Springwood was like a fucking tyrant, and there was the three houses: Parksville, Springwood, and Swan Lake. Uh-huh. And nobody wanted to go to Springwood because that was fucking hell. Yeah, the house of pain. 
Right. Which is why I liked it. Yeah, so that's where I went. All right, so you go up to Springwood. So Make changes, and, motherfucker. It, yeah, making changes. So you go up there. You were, When did you get there? August? Uh, the end of August was. So I was there at the end of April, so May, June, July, August. So you got there four, almost four months after me, and you wound up leaving like a month and a half before me, you motherfucker. That's because I'm smarter than you, Seamus. <laughs> You're such a dick. I'm right. smarter than you. What did I used to say? I used to say to the director, I used to say, listen, when he'd say, what do you want as a reward? He'd say, do you want a pass to go home? Do you want this? Do you want that? I used to say, I don't want anything. Right. I go, I want that ticket. I want that ticket. And right. I just stocked up all those tickets. And I said, I'm going to cash these in one day. When I cash these in, I just, what I ask for, right. make it happen. Right. And, and you did. And he did. But I didn't ask for shit. They didn't ask me what the fuck I wanted well, either. Well, you know, they're not going to, like, play to the second fiddle. Only, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, all right. So, it's like three months in. I'm upstairs in the second floor of this huge fucking Roosevelt mansion up in Rhinebeck, New York. And I'm sitting there. And they knew that I could... I'm going to catch shit for this. But they knew I can kind of draw. Trace. <laughs> Trace. I can kind of draw. So... I always try to use that because, you know, people like me, you know, want things yeah. drawn. So you Let's see. people accept you more. Yeah. So not, not, not for you, but just for what you could do for them. Exactly. Yeah. But I enjoy doing it so I can get out of things by drawing shit. Right. So I'm fucking like everyone's doing whatever. How's that working out for you, by the way? I'm fine. Okay. I'm good. Whatever. It's, there's time and a place to use those things, you know, in, for your own advantage. Gotcha. And we both used it <laughs> to our advantage up there because people hated us because we got away with murder. But. So I'm up there in the library and I'm drawing. This is this this is the first time I meet Ian. So I'm drawing these. I don't know, writing these things. They might have been like the un. What are they called? The un. You were doing plaques for graduates. Was it graduates? Yeah. All right. I was. I know there was wooden plaques, but I was writing stuff, doing lettering on them, and I'm minding my business. And I remember it's nice out, I'm sitting there, and I'm drawing, and I turn around, and I look, and I see you for the first time out of the corner of my eye, and you were about 50 pounds heavier, and you had, like, Sid Vicious, crazy spiked hair, and you had a t-shirt on, and I looked at it, and I read it, and I knew it was a quote from fucking Apocalypse Now, and it just said, Charlie, don't surf, Colonel Kilgore. Well, he don't. And no, he doesn't. So I look, and he is tattooed, his tattoos in your face, and your hands, and I'm like, all right. It's my kind of people, my kind of tribe here. So then you walk right over to me. You were in the middle of in-processing and doing paperwork. Yeah. And you look over and you look right over my shoulder, fucking wise ass, and you're like, what are you doing over here? I was like, ah, you know, just, you know, drawing out these plaques. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right, man. Uh, you know, when I'm done filling out all my paperwork, I'll come back here and I'll show you how to really do this. <laughs> No, I, I said, I'll, I'll come back when I'm done doing my paperwork, and I'll fix all this shit for you. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, really? This guy's a dick. But he made me laugh, and I'm like, all right, this, this guy's all right. Breaking balls. So, and then that was it. And then you had what we had, it was called, like, the big brother when you first walk in there to show you, like, you know, what the fuck to do, and this and that, and all the little rules. And that was, his name was Vincent, right? Yeah, I don't really ever see, remember seeing him around. Yeah, he was a small little, little small Spanish, little Spanish kid. Yeah. yeah, so then I remember you asked me, 
I think I asked you about music or something, and you mentioned the Chrome Eggs, and I had a few CDs back in my room. Oh, yeah. And you were like, you got the Age of Quarrel? I'm like, yeah, I got the Age of Quarrel in my fucking room. You are like, yes. So I was like, all right. So then I took you away from the, the big brother guy that they stuck you with, and I showed you around. And then that was that. And then we wound up doing all kinds of special projects in the house and making up our own schedules. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. within a month had our own office. <laughs> yeah. I need right. to point out. All right, so people need to understand, like, you got to paint a picture, that we're in a very, very, very structured environment filled with majority... More structured than a prison tier, I have to say, by the way. Yes, with people mandated through the courts from jail with all kinds of time over their head. If they fucking fuck up, they go back and they do that time, whatever's on their head. And, oh, and they're miserable. And they're miserable, and there's meeting after meeting, all different kinds of meetings, clean the house time, chow, clean the house, meeting, dinner, meeting, this, that, and the other thing. After a month, month and a half, me and Ian have fucking scaffolding up in the fucking middle of this house, going in the daytop van off campus, or you, if I guess you want to say, to the art store with petty cash to buy all kinds of fucking art supplies, paint markers, rulers, pencils, everything to do all the, the daytop philosophy in these sick gold leaf lettering and this fucking shit that took months and months to fucking do. Well, don't forget it was and it was a book on sign painting. That the director said, do you know how to do sign painting? I said, no, but if you get me a book on sign painting, I'll know how to do it in an hour. Right. And he said, uh, really? And I said, oh, I could wing it. Yeah, this is after, his name was Michael Schneider, I think, was the original director when we first went there. But he was only there, he was only there for like a month after I got there. And then Larry Peruli became the director who was mad cool and I worked him because I knew he was a big Rolling Stones fan and a big Pittsburgh don't, Steelers don't, fan. Don't, don't get it misconstrued. He wasn't mad cool. He was fair with you right. if you didn't come to him with some bullshit. Well, exactly. But, he, but I felt like he was cool. You know what I mean? So I, he was approachable. Because, because you were doing the right thing and right. you were honest. Right. That's why he was cool with us. You could see that he sees right through you. Yeah, and he no... was very approachable. So I was able to bullshit with him and talk to him about football and this and that and the other thing. So then me and you wind up becoming the quote-unquote special projects guys that no matter what happened, <laughs> there'd be people... There was what was... The three cardinal rules was no fucking, no getting high, and... No fighting. And no fighting. Yes. So all of those things would be happening at various times at one point. I only saw one actual physical fall, fight. But no matter what, then they, after a while, they would shut the house down. Meaning you get no mail. You get no phone calls. You can't make phone calls. All you do is group, 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 clean the house, group. All fucking day long. You can't walk the property. You can't walk the property. You can't go out and smoke. You can't do shit without permission. You're sitting there and you're wiping down the same table for fucking two hours and it can't get any cleaner, but you still have to clean the house. Mopping. Oh, miserable. But that didn't last too long because I remember we had to account to Larry Peruli 
Well, something happened and I asked, I think I was so fucking frustrated with mopping and shit I was like you know Larry you know me and Ian we still have to you know we're like in the middle of doing like you know the philosophy, philosophy or whatever yeah. and he's like oh no no that's house business you guys you guys you go do that so we were like fuck yeah so now we're just gonna go paint on walls and do fucking awesome shit while everyone is miserable but we were able to do whatever we wanted to do for the most part yeah. Compared to the rest of the house. People didn't like that. No. No, dude. No, no, they People didn't. didn't like, and we made up our own hours. Yes. Like, we can't concentrate with everybody on the floor. We got to do this off hours when everyone else is in bed and we're up at the house alone during the night. Which is funny because... Blasting the dead Kennedys. <laughs> I, I wasn't... I would never be tired. No. no. I remember. I mean, granted, I was much younger then, but, you know, I just never... Those are the one of the moments that you know you go through life that happens that you remember that is price that you say is priceless. Oh yeah. Like when when you get like you feel like you're raising your level of knowledge and understanding about yourself and things in your life when you when you're getting control back and like I don't want to say like reborn but that's almost like the way to describe it. But you're it was kind of restarting your whole shit, man. Restarting your whole shit, but I I felt like I had re. I was getting some control over my life, and I was not only getting it, but I was learning on how to keep it. That's right. what that's what I'm trying to say. How to right. keep it, right? And once I had, you know, established my footing in that area a little bit, I was able to focus on other things, like you know, the art, drawing, which I used to be very passionate about, but I lost it, you know, because of the drugs for a while. So I decided that I was gonna. Draw everything with a ballpoint pen. You remember I used to draw everything with a ballpoint pen? I still have some of it. I think I I have some right in there. And uh, I was drawing all the time, like crazy, like everything, like all the time, all the time, drawing, getting books, keeping journals, Yeah. um, you know, writing down things. And aside from doing all, I mean, now it's like I work during the day, I go to the gym, I come home, I'm like, oh, I'm beat. Yeah. I remember we would work all day, do meetings all day, then work on building a physical horse for credenza, the size of an actual horse at a paper mache and wire and pipe. Yeah. Then go to the house, do the meeting, clean, mop, do art all night long, get four hours sleep, wake up and do it again. Yeah. And I wouldn't even be tired. Right. So, Not me neither. So, you know, it's funny how, you know, because you're, you're feeding on it. Yeah. You know, you have, you're excited, you have passion about what, you know, what you're doing. I, not at any time when I was in that house, I loved that fucking house. I loved it. I, uh, I found it, I enjoyed some of it. I was frustrated a lot, but, and it was very, and on another level, I found it very entertaining. It was very entertaining. Very, you are in there with a lot of characters, you know, and what was the, what was the man to woman ratio? There was, there was a lot of women there. What was it, maybe 25 women? 30 women? Out of 175 people? What was funny was, is that when a white woman, oh. you know, would show up there. Oh, God. You know, let me <laughs> see if I could say this politically correct. You know, most of the you know women that were there were from the urban area of the city. Right. So you'd get, like, one white girl would show up there, and it was just like people were stumbling over <laughs> each other, like... <laughs> 
just to throw a rap down to this girl, and it's just like, just it's like, stop. What are you doing? Like, you really want to talk to the anybody in there? This, this she, you know, a couple of hours ago, she had a cock in her mouth behind a dumpster on the side of McDonald's. Yeah, what are you broken, doing right yeah, now? Yeah, with a broken stem on the other side of her mouth. Like, what are you doing? Focus on yourself, for Christ's sake. Yeah, people were fucking animals, and like you, like there was the one, there was the one story where. I mean, there was certain shit, like, I, this was before, like, reality TV, and I used to say it all the time, of like, yo, there should be, like, lipstick-sized fucking cameras in the corner of every single room all over this entire property, just on constant fucking playback, because some of the shit you can't make up, and it's just craziness, and there was, like, like, dude, like, People were so fucking desperate and animalistic that there was. Remember the fucking the play, we, there was downstairs in the basement by the cafeteria by by the kitchen where we would all wait online to get our toiletries like shampoo and all that shit. Oh no! Remember? You're not gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about right? and, and, and the that, smell. Are you? Yeah, but then there was this one kid. I don't remember his name. I picture his face, but there was one kid who got busted fucking some girl. Who we both know which who it was, and the whole deal was first of all the entire fucking room stunk, and number two he got busted because there's no condoms up there. He used like a glove, like one of the fucking latex gloves from the kitchen, yeah, like a savage, and, and used like part of the finger of a latex glove to bang this fucking train wreck with like like next to like the mouthwash. <laughs> yeah. I... You came all the way upstate for that. Did you? Is that what you really did? It's just the bus ride alone for that. Oh, like, God, uh, man. I used to look, and everybody's a fucking train wreck. You're, obviously, you're in a fucking a, a main treatment facility for drug and alcohol addiction, and, and, and people are looking to fuck. I don't get it. Uh, Shit show. Nah, dude, I, that was the least of my... Oh, I was, I, oh, I was yeah. so focused on getting my life together. You no, re- I get it, but remember. that's what I'm saying, the entertainment part, because, like, I would be... We'd be... I don't know. We'd walk onto the uh, into the main house, like, f- like morning meeting or whatever, and then it's like, there would be, like, four people, like, on the chair, like, one foot in, one foot out the door. Like, oh, what the fuck happened with so-and-so? Oh, yo, man, this one, he got busted fucking so-and-so with a fucking latex glove on his dick. This one got busted. This one's getting high. This one, fucking, fucking crazy. They would go into city trips and deviate from where they planned and go and pick up crack and then come back upstate and smoke. Why would you want to fucking do a blast of crack in a bathroom in a rehab? Is that fun? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what, what are you going to do? Get the party going? Like... <sighs> Oh. It's some it's, it's some sickness, bro. But it's just it's just the, the, the people that you're dealing with. It just it's just you can't make some oh, of this I, shit up. I I watched the whole Domino House fall. Oh yeah, you know when we were there. You know it was, it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. What about the time when you uh, brought that photo album in from home? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not gonna reveal what the contents <laughs> of the photo album were. Uh huh. But, but that was a hit. Yeah, it was I'm great. a crowd pleaser, bro. Yeah, so everybody, all of your our little group of friends saw the photo album. Yeah, the small group of friends. Right. So then... The ones that I could trust. So There's like five years. So then staff found out about the photo album. Yeah. Kevin Brown, my counselor. A female staff member found out about it and started a witch hunt. 
Uh-huh. Photo album, but luckily because your counselor was such a filthy, dirty fuck. My, my counselor was getting blowjobs from he, some he, of the girls. He hid the photo album, and he gave it back to me. But we, it still didn't shield us from getting in trouble for it. And when they <laughs> called the house meeting to close the house, and there was like 180 people in the room, and the director is giving a speech about. How, you know, heads are going to roll because it, and whose photo album is in it to stand up and take responsibility for it. I looked around and everybody gave me the fucking nod like we were going to do it and cop to it. And like something out of a fucking movie, I stand up and I turn around. I'm the only dumbass standing. <laughs> so that's your answer. And that's why when you came to account to the house, if you wanted to come off your shot down, I had to stand up. Right. I had a responsible love and concern and say... <laughs> I disagree and think Mr. James Ferrari needs another two weeks. All right, this is, this, is, all right this is how it happened. Now, I think I've, I touched on this also in my other two life story episode things, so I'm going to just reiterate if you didn't listen to 49 and 51. There's certain things if you fuck up, you get this, they're called shot downs. Now, there's four stages. There's the, you go, it's, the first two take place in the kitchen. The first one, you get shot down to the dish pan, where basically you're just washing dishes and trays. That's for three days. The next one up is the pot sink. That's for a week. You're just scrubbing fucking trays and pots that 200 people just ate from. Disgusting. It's disgusting. You wear a hand net. It's disgusting. And then the third one is just, you get shot down to grounds. That's two weeks long. That's everything outside, raking, painting, whatever the fuck. That is, no, I like this. That is washing the sunshine off the the sidewalk. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, go sweep. I had to do that. Fucking go sweep the sunshine off the rock. Yeah. (laughs) That means you're there with a broom until the sun goes down. (laughs) And then the worst one is it's called spare parts. And that's like a month. So now you have to go from spare parts for like a week, and then you get, the, then you have to account to everyone in the house and the counselor to go down to go to grounds, and then it goes down to pot sink, and then to dishpan, and then you get off your shot down. So I get shot down to the pot sink for this, this mysterious book I had. <laughs> And I don't think I told the book story. I told the story about me getting ratted out because somebody told me that they were fucking somebody, but I didn't rat them out, and then I got in trouble for not being a rat. So then I fucking... I'm out of the dishpan, so I'm about to get completely off my shot down to go back to normal, I guess what you would call life up there. So I'm in front of the entire house, and we're all in a big meeting room, and I'm in the fucking, t- I'm in the front, and I'm like, yes, you know, I learned from my mistakes, <laughs> blah, 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 and then the council, Larry Perulia, somebody was like, all right, does anybody over here in this house, you know, have any, you know, uh, disagree or... You know, whatever. Do you think that he's, you know, accounted well enough to get off the shot down? I'm thinking I'm good. But then what happens? Ian? I disagree. (laughs) Of course you do. I think you needed another two weeks in the bottomless pit of the sink. (laughs) Fucking ball breaker. For not standing up like a big boy. (laughs) And then letting me Listen, you're trying stand to get there over. like an idiot. Listen, you try to get over, and well, then once you got up, everyone had to get up. But you try to get over. We're all fucking schemers, bro. 
Actually, that couple of weeks down in the pot sink was probably the best time that I've had at that whole facility because I was down there with. Um, we used to eat good. We used to eat good, but uh, I used I was down there with Guy Llewellyn, who was uh, from London. Rest in peace, Guy. Who was absolutely hysterical, and he was a great compliment to my personality. Oh God! So. The two of us together was just too much. It was, wasn't a good combination. Yeah. But it was hilarious in the pot sink. The, the, yeah, dude. Because you were yeah. wide open down there. Staff wasn't down there. You could just be whatever. And it's loud yeah. and you could just go nuts. And I could eat as much Cinnamon Toast Crunch as I can get my hands on. Oh, yeah. Which was a lot. Yeah. There was, <laughs> yeah, that was one good thing about getting shot. But I, I walked out of that. I gained a lot of fucking weight. You lost crazy weight. What about the time when... But that place uh, was fucking bananas, man. What, what about the time when we were... Everybody was watching TV in the TV room, and somebody went down to go change the, the, the movie, and he, <laughs> and he pulls out the movie, and he goes, Dude, what is this movie? I think it's a porn. And it said something like porn on it. We're like, what the fuck is it doing in there? Yeah. So we like snatched it up and ran it down to the office. And next thing I know, it's like a Mission Impossible that night. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, Everybody's running around, picture. running around the house like an animal house when they're putting the horse in the dean's office. <laughs> yes. But they're trying to get the TV and VCR out of the director's office, which, which we was did. Like, which you did. <laughs> which was like I wouldn't even step. Foot in that place because it was just so immaculate. Jacked the shit out of his office. Was it? Was it? Wasn't it like the the the, the television VCR combo? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, and it brought it down to the construction office. We robbed it from the director. Lo- locked the construction office. Popped that shit in there. Turned it on, and the video comes on, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, "We're like, what the fuck?" I'm like watching this. Bestiality porn was <laughs> horrific. It was so bad. Where, and I, I don't like, even know where the tape came from. I, I like looked around and I remember I leaned over and I go, "Dude, is it just me or is this fucking gay?" <laughs> I go, "There's like twelve guys sitting next to each other in a room watching some girl get banged by a horse." I go, "Open the fucking door. I'm out of here." Yeah, it wasn't a horse. It was a German Shepherd. Whatever. It didn't oh. matter. Like I don't watch porn with dudes. Yeah, exactly. We're like, "What the fuck is happening?" I'm like, right? what am I doing right now? And I don't. What, I don't even need to watch. What are, you know, like, what, what are we doing? Put this shit back in his office. Let's get to work. We just but, had to be dope fiends. Yeah, you know? we, we had, had to be, to be doing fucking some, some sneaky shit. But where did the fucking tape even come from? I don't know. Somebody found it. It's, well, go figure. It just showed up. It showed up. We'll, we'll, what you dealing with it. Oh, oh this my God. Shit showing up all over the place in that place. Fucking nuts. Yeah, in the construction office. Crazy. And what's fucked up is that, listen, you, you've been on the straight and narrow since you left there. I had my little fucking, I had, I, I went off the deep end once, and it was for a while, but that was over four years ago. I haven't, you know, had a beer or anything like that. But um, what's fucked up is there's a lot of people, like, there's a, a, at least like eight people, if I sit and think, eight people pretty much off the top of my head that are either... There's one kid that I know is in jail for life, for a body. Yeah. And there's several, at least a half a dozen, that are dead. Well, that's, that, you know. That, went, that left there and, you know, fucking... Listen, dude, they don't call that place the last resort for nothing. Doing a year telling on people. You know. Day you, top. You're either gonna, you're either gonna, you know, put down everything that you've carried through your life up until that point and admit, you know, I'm not, not preaching there. 
their word. But, you know, at that time, I, you know, I was ready. I, I was so adamant before that, that, uh, you know, I'll meet them. I'll never believe in any kind of organized religion. And I don't know, because I was so angry and believe in nonsense. Like, okay, so I'll believe a, most of it, but I'm not going to believe this one part of it. Right. So, you know. You can pick it, and choose what works for you. It, yeah, so it would never work for me. Right. So finally, with Daytop, you know, I dropped down to my knees and said, you know, I'm just going to buy all of it, even if I don't buy into it. I'm just, I know nothing. Right. I'm going to completely do my best to empty my glass. Yeah. You, you want to clear your fucking slate as much as you can. Yeah, even if I don't believe it, I'm going to pretend like I believe it. Right. Just in case. I'm going to do every single thing that they tell me to do. I'm not here to make friends. Right. I'm here to, you know, save my life. So that I did it and, you know. Yeah. For the most part, it, it, you know, it worked. Some things were good. Some things were bad. But they needed to be like that. Yeah. And it's like, like to touch back, I mean, you said you you were so focused and you were drawing a lot. With, and I remember that. And I, th- I, still, I still have pictures that you drew. I, like, I have a bunch of your shit still. And I have a lot of things from, from, from Daytop. And you... Were so focused that you literally you carried that drive and that focus out of there after you graduated because you I remember you were living with Jeremy in Jersey after you were gone and I remember being in upstairs in the attic where you guys used to draw and I remember the first time that you put pencil to paper to begin the back piece dragon tattoo that eventually you wound up going to the New York City convention, and what? You got what? First place back. First place back. Yeah. First place back piece. Fucking. Mm-hmm. It was like forty something hours worth of fucking tattooing, and you fucking you got out of fucking rehab, and you went to the New York City tattoo convention and won first place. Well, it you know to be totally honest with you, it it you know that's that sums it up, but that's not exactly how everything unfolded. It, it well, I'm, I'm I'm just kind of skipping, yeah. obviously, but I remember that because that it was drive. You were very very focused on. I was very very focused, you know, but um, and a lot of people have said this because the back piece has been copied and mimicked on sleeves, and I mean I've seen it in every single direction. Yeah, being you know, totally it was like a big off. thing, wasn't it? It was one. Tattoo. It was a big thing with somebody who actually tried to use it on a tattoo TV show, right? And um, you know, people brought up the issue. They said, "Well, you know, you didn't draw that, you know, design originally." Which you did. I no, I did not. the The drawing was um, the head of the dragon. You know, tattoo artists put out books for other tattoo artists to use as references, right. like Flash, let's say. Right. But the drawings are relatively. Simple. They're quick sketches because as an artist, you need to be able to take that drawing to the right. next level and clean it up if you want to use it or whatever. Right. And it was drawn by uh, one of my favorite artists, this Philip Liu from uh, Europe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember getting the book and seeing the image in the book. And I said, I thought it was the sickest thing I'd ever seen, but it was just a, a sketchy outline. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was no shading or any depth to the design or anything, but I loved the design. I thought it was awesome. It was but, just a flat outline, like yeah. a coloring book. If, if, if I didn't do it on somebody, I was going to get it on myself. That's how much you know right. I loved it. So I took the design and I, I rearranged it a couple of times, and I went over like some different shading options, and I probably went through ten or twelve different ways I wanted to shade it until I got one you know that I worked that worked for me. And at the time, uh, 
Bugs from uh, Evil from the Needle was visiting our shop a lot, and uh, he was. Uh, I was exposed to, you know, art because he's a fine artist. You know, right. the guy not only tattoos, but he does like painting and sculptures and everything. So he was kind of helping me get my mind out of the little tiny box that I was confined to, and thinking of how to utilize art on the body properly, the way it should be. Sizes it should be, shades it should be, yeah. you know, to read and have impact, you know. Yeah. Right. So he was educating me, which I'm very grateful for that. But uh, yeah. I've met that, that, that's times. how, you know, it wasn't like oh, I, I sat down and I, I drew this design and all of a sudden uh, all these great things happened. Like, you know. I, no, I know that. I had people that, you know, inspired me and helped me through it. And, you know, people that I work with that are around me and the client, of course, who was totally dope. Yeah. Never missed an appointment. Shout out to Scott. Shout out to Scott. And then, um, and I worked really hard on it. Yeah. I remember. I worked really hard. What ha- what happened was, is that, uh, you know, they, I, I, when I got out of Daytop, you remember, I think you were at the convention. I was at the convention. And um, people said, uh, it doesn't matter that, you know, you're back. You're just a fucking piece of shit junkie. And you can clean up your act as much as you want, but you're not going to amount to anything in the tattoo community. You can be sober, but you're People still People were gonna... saying that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you're still going to be shit. You're never going to fucking amount to shit. But you were a good tattoo... You, you were a dope tattoo artist before that anyway. Uh, you know, I could tattoo good, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be calling myself a dope tattoo artist. Well, though. that's why I'm saying it. But I'm saying, like, I didn't know that people, like... like why would people even say that? Oh, you're still a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, because all the tattoo they, artists are saying that? Yeah, they're people that I've had problems with. Because, uh, Jimmy, as you very well know, like, you know, I'm kind of like the dead Kennedys. <laughs> you either love me or you hate me. <laughs> yeah. There's no medium. Right. So, you know, uh, sometimes people have problems with me or whatever. That's their thing. It's, yeah. You know, whatever. whatever. That's not for you. But uh, I said, do you remember when we were standing outside in that? Smoking hot girl came down with that mini skirt on outside the tattoo convention, outside of Roseland. Yeah, and vaguely, I, and I said, "Dude, that is the hottest girl I have ever seen in my entire life. I am gonna meet that bitch. <laughs> you watch." Uh-huh. And you were like, "Dude, you're never gonna be able to pull that off." And I said, <laughs> "I go wait." And I said, "I'm gonna come back to this convention next year, and I'm gonna prove to everybody that I'm not a, what they say, mm-hmm. and that you know, and I am worth you know investment." And right. I did. And you did. Who's laughing now? Right. That was it. Yeah. I got to bang that trick, too. <laughs> While no. you whispering, we're on it, a podcast. It, it, it's, it's funny how people think a trophy is, makes you something, you know yeah, what I mean? It's, yeah, well, it's shiny. Yeah. It's like, they like see, shiny it's, things. Well, they, th- they think, you know, they see that trophy and they give you their panties. It's great. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. God. Yeah, they want shiny shit. There was no God there that day, boy. (laughs) Of course there wasn't. Uh, I love you more than Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Awesome, dude. Uh, All right, well, you want to tell people, like, you know, if if they want to get tattooed by you, where you tattoo, or your Instagram and all that shit, or anything else you want to talk about? I mean, we are over an hour. We're at an hour and ten minutes. Uh, well, let's see. See, went by um, fast, didn't it? Yeah. See, I told you. You, um, well, my Instagram is just, you know, my name, Ian, I-A-N Schaefer, S-H-A-F-E-R, Tattoo. Ian Schaefer Tattoo on Instagram. I keep it real simple. Yeah. And then uh, the same thing is on the Facebook social media, but the Facebook is kind of like bullshit. Everything I do is just through Instagram, because I just 
little yeah. communication, lots of pictures. Yeah, there you go. So they can, you know, DM me on Instagram if they need to. Yeah. And you tattoo where? At Shotzi's in Wayne, New Jersey. Shotzi's tattoo, Wayne, New Jersey. And you have to call there, get an appointment. Speak to Katie. Speak to Katie. It's the Captain Kirk of that ship. There you go. And depending on time of the year, there might be a waiting list. Uh, I usually try to keep it above a month because, you know, listen, I, I understand. I hear tattoo artists, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, so-and-so's got a three-year wait. Really? Yeah, really. Really? Yeah. Like. Stop it. I mean, I'm trying to bang out tattoos as quickly as I can. Not that I'm rushing, but right. my point is, is that, you know, when I, when somebody decides that they want to get a tattoo, even if it's a big tattoo, a sleeve or whatever it is, they don't want to hear Three years. No. They don't want to wait three years. Who wants to wait, th- wants to wait three years? Yeah, really. It's so funny. it's like, you know, when the client comes to the shop and they say, yeah, you know, I want to get this quarter sleeve done, blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay, cool. Come in, consultation. And then I try to get them in, you know, within a month. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to move things around. You make it happen. I, you could usually get them in in about a month. Right. Even if it is for a couple hours. Right. At the worst, it's a month and a half. Right. Okay. You know, and that's, you know, with me doing, you know, t- I only do two tattoos a day. Some days I only do one. Right. Yeah, you do a lot of big shit. I do a lot of big shit. Mostly yeah. big shit. Mostly, yeah. I mean, they're not going to have somebody, if, if somebody comes in, they want a fucking their name or a little fucking thing that you're not going to get to you. No, absolutely not. No, you do more big shit. Yes, the tattoos that I do, you know, I've been preparing for a long time on people. All right. That's another thing. Like, a lot of the tattoos that I do, you know, don't make it to social media. You know, there's some clients that don't want their tattoos photographed. Right. Okay. Well, that's them. That's fine. You know, so if they, if you know, you want to see the full scale of my work, you have to come in and you have to look at the portfolio. Right. It's like, we don't allow photographs. Can't people taking pictures of that either. Right. Well, I get it. So that shit floats all over the place. Next Mm -hmm. thing you know, it's a fucking shit show. But yeah, man, portraits—the whole thing. I mean, you did my whole, my entire right arm is you, except for my hand. Looks good right now, I have to say. It's light. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, my daughter, my mother, George Carlin. You know, all of it. It must have been a good day for me. Did I look good that day? I don't remember. I must have I looked. Think you good. might have been going through something. I think you had a little bit of an attitude about you. Oh, you mean like today? Well, you had an attitude about you today? No. I, listen, not in my defense or anything, but that fucking portrait of George Carlin, which I think is fucking pretty great. It's um, one of my favorite tattoos that I have. I mean, you know, not it, only does it look like him, but the picture you gave me, James, was the size was, of a fucking half a dollar. Well, dude, it was pixelated. It was it was 2006, so it wasn't like all high res. I took a screenshot from a shitty computer of a stand-up special, and I, was, and I printed it out on some bullshit printer. And you know what? Besides, like, the sentimental value of, like, the rest of my arm, it's probably my favorite tattoo that I have. Oh, good. Yeah. And and the zombie stick figure family that my daughter drew me, that's all over my leg. Nice. Yeah. But that's a different thing. Okay. Cool, man. All right. I well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime, my man. All right. I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Like, yeah. in, fi- like in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. We're over here now. <laughs>